At long last, we are back at it. Welcome back to the Pistols Firing Podcast. We hadn't forgotten about you, but we are back in business. I'm Carson Cunningham, in case you'd forgotten. Uh, I just got back from Tulsa, went to a Chainsmokers concert. Kyle Porter is back from the Players' Championship. How was uh, the Players, Kyle? It was good. Um, it, it was. It, it didn't feel like I thought it was going to feel in terms of it. I thought it would feel like a major, you know, I thought it'd feel like kind of a, uh, I don't know, a middle-class man's PGA championship or something, but you get Siwoo Kim taking down Ian Poulter on Sunday by making nine pars on the back nine. Doesn't, doesn't really feel like a major. And, uh, so that was a little bit disappointing, but got to see some good friends, hang out, play a lot of golf. And, uh, I, I had a good time. It's the first time I've been to TPC Sawgrass. It's a really, um, it's a really cool course. It's, it's really difficult too. I mean, guys were JB Holmes shoots an 84 from the final pairing on Sunday. That's, that's like, that's not good. That's me and you style right there. Um, but yeah, we, we had a really good time, uh, in our house to get the guys that were in that stayed up late every night, just debating absurd things and talking about life. So it was, it was good. Did you win the lottery to play the course? <laughs> no, I don't, I don't think there was a lottery. I played, uh, I played Jack's Beach Golf Course on uh, Monday morning for a whopping $22 to walk it. So it was wow, pretty much the same as TPC Sawgrass. Yeah, I mean, you pretty much get to play every golf tournament you've played or covered. <laughs> so I thought maybe they uh, let you at the stadium hole. We, we, played the, um, we played at the World Golf Hall of Fame on Saturday, um, which is you've probably seen the commercial like the Slammer and the Squire course. Uh, you, you've probably seen that commercial on uh, Golf Channel. That was fun, and then we got to play on Sunday. This was really cool. We got to play the course. Um, it's called Atlantic Beach. That's going to be the Web.com Tour Championship course. Um, so they use that kind of like as their year-end uh, bonanza. Um, and that course was awesome. It was hard. It was fun. Uh, it was. I played with some guys that were pretty good, so we had a good time. Sounds like a great time. How how was uh, Blog Cabin? I guess it was dubbed. With you stay with a bunch of writers. Yeah, a bunch right? of other millennials. Uh, are we millennials? Are we in the right? Uh, I think we're pushing millennial status. Well, whatever we are, it was a bunch of people my age, and uh, yeah, it was fun. We. Um, we had a pool, we just hung out by the pool every night talking and had a bunch of people over and, uh, one, did Jordan, did Jordan Spieth come hang out since he missed the cut? (laughs) Jordan Spieth did not come hang out. I think Justin Thomas might have, if he had missed the cut on Friday, uh, he missed the second cut on Saturday. Um, but, uh, Zach Blair who put, um, put three balls in the water on Friday, made a nine. Uh, he came over to the house uh, after missing the cut and did a podcast with a couple of the guys and distributed. He's building a, uh, a golf course called the Buck Club. And so he distributed some Buck Club gear for everybody. And uh, it was fun. We had a good time. Buck Club? Yeah, the Buck Club. You, you got to say that slowly. Yeah, I know. Got to be it careful. Sounds like something else. Family friendly podcast. That's right. Um, is this where I bragged that I was in Tulsa, the Chainsmokers concert? Yeah, I mean, it sounds like you had a good time. I had a great time. Um, ran into some Big Twelve coaches. They had a suite right next to me, so it was. Uh, I think they they'll remain nameless, but uh, this is where nice. I this is where I get the name drop uh, not, without dropping names. Actually, <laughs> not Mike Gundy. No, not Mike. I mean, I don't. I don't think Mike's a Chainsmokers type of. Uh, 
listener. I think I think Mike's listening to some like Garth or George Strait. Well, he's rattlesnake hunting. You remember how uh, was it Mac Brown that said he used to listen to like um, Jay Z and like him and Vince Young used to like talk music and stuff. Was it was that who it was? I guess. Did I think, he say that? I think so. Do you think? Did Gundy, anyone believe that? Well, that's what I was going to ask. Do you think Gundy like like talks? You know, Jay Z or? <laughs> I don't think so at all. I think I don't even think he pretends to know who they are. I think he's on the. Uh, I don't give a, a you know what plan with with his hair. I don't think he. I think he at this point he is just in complete comfort with who he is. So I don't think he even tries to pretend that he knows who uh, Travis Scott is or uh, Young Thug or any of those guys. I've got a I got a question for you, and it's it's Gundy related. I think I might have gotten this as a mailbag question. I can't remember. Um, who who do you think cuts their hair first? James Harden with his beard or Mike Gundy with his mullet? Oh, it's got to be Gundy, I think. I mean, I, I know they're both trademarked at this point, the mullet and the beard. But I just, I don't, I don't think Gundy can keep it forever, can he? I mean, he might lose his hair before James shaves. That's that's kind of my prediction. Yeah, Although the Gundys have a great head of hair, though. I don't think that Harden can like, like literally afford to cut his beard. Like he's not, is he even marketable without his beard? I don't know. Like he becomes a, a completely different person. Yeah. That like th- that's, that's where, I mean, like I'm, you've seen old pictures of him, haven't you in college when he had like a normal beard yeah. and even that is jarring, let alone if he was clean shaven. It's, it really is crazy to see him from, uh, from Arizona state. Have you been watching the, uh, the NBA playoffs at all? Uh, I've tried. <laughs> I was watching the, uh, the Spurs just, spank the Warriors until Kawhi Leonard got hurt. And I mean, it's, it's about time the Warriors had something go their way, isn't it? I mean, it's about about time they got a break, you know, I mean, Zaza Pachulia is so likable and so is Draymond. I mean, I just, it was was good to see them get a win or two. I guess they, I didn't watch it last night. Obviously they just annihilated the Spurs without Kawhi Leonard, but uh, so much vitriol. Well, it's just, it's, it's silly. I mean, just dumb. I mean, the NBA playoffs aren't even watchable anymore just because there's two teams in the NBA worth watching. There's just two teams, and the rest are just playing for second did, in each conference. Did you catch any of the uh, Celts and uh, and uh, Wizards the other night? Yeah, it's good. That was fun. That Marcus, was good, good Marcus Smart, NBA Eastern Conference Finals. Kelly Olynyk, NBA Hall of Famer. I mean, <laughs> no, Marcus. Uh, he had a couple threes, which was surprising, I but know, uh, I know. he played really well down the stretch and uh, I don't give him much shot against LeBron, but you know, Marcus is having a nice uh, NBA career when you say, yeah, I think so. Barry Trammell wrote about him in the Oklahoma and on, uh, I think it was Tuesday. Um, just wrote a really kind of short, quick deal about just how he's just a, he's just a gamer. Like he's just a winner. He just wins wherever he goes. And it, it was sort of, related to how the thunder could potentially, you know, pick him up in the future or trade for him or get him as a backup point guard or something like that. I don't really know. I don't know if I see him as like a backup point guard to Russell Westbrook. That seems kind of like a odd space for him to exist in, but, uh, it'd be great for the thunder. He's obviously found kind of a niche, uh, in the NBA. And, um, I don't know. We've heard people all the time talk about just doing, one or two things really well and he does that you know he's awesome on defense and um he he just 
I don't know. He just makes, he just does a lot of Marcus smart stuff that he did at Oklahoma state. Yeah. I don't, I don't see him on the thunder. I mean, I, I just, I don't, I think you're, I just don't see him playing alongside Russell, yeah. which I think, I think at times he would need to do. And they just, neither of them shoot the ball well enough. I think, I think you got to have a, more of a shooting type around around Russell, but uh, plus I don't think Boston wants to get rid of Marcus anytime soon. I think they really like him, but uh, no, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I try to watch. There's there's literally nothing else to watch on television right now, so I'll watch the NBA playoffs. But it just kind of seems like a waste of time, at least until we get to the NBA finals and uh, LeBron will be put like like Kyle. Like it's pretty. Lock solid that uh, LeBron's the second best player ever now. I, I don't even know if that's even a debate. The, the, the debate will be if he beats this Warriors team, this Warriors team, like it starts to become a discussion with Michael. I now, know. I know Michael's I, know. I love it. Michael's resume is just absurd. I was looking at it uh, last night. You know, it's easy to forget like Michael beat four 60 win teams in the finals. It's not like he was beating up on scrubs. Like those, both those jazz teams, won 60 games, the Suns and the Sonics all won 60 plus. So he was beating some tough teams and he never went to a game seven and he won all six finals. And the, uh, the Blazers team that he beat in the finals was really good too. I think. Well, see, I thought they were the best team that he had beaten, and I looked up. They only won. They only won 57 games, so okay. they had the lowest win total of any team he beat in the finals. Which I kind of thought, off the top of my head, the Blazers team was the best team that he had beaten. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I love it. I love LeBron. I think that people like just love to hate him for some reason. It's so bizarre to me. Like he's just. I appreciate that sustained success at a high level for a long time. I just think it's a lot harder to do than people think. You lose, you lose desire. You lose kind of this drive, and he hasn't lost it. And I mean, he's got all the money in the world. He doesn't have. He doesn't have to do anything, and yet he just brings it every every time out. And uh, I, I love the debate. I love the the LeBron and MJ debate because I think it's starting to become a real thing. Well, he's playing better than he ever has, LeBron, which he's, is frightening. Yeah, he's not. He's he's not even a human. Like he's just like. I mean, I know he's like my age. I think he was. I think he was a uh, class of '03. So I think he's. I think he's 33. But it feels like he's 32. It feels like he. Um, yeah, he'll be 33 this year. Uh, it feels like he's a lot older than that, and it feels like he's been playing for like 25 years. You know, um, but he just doesn't miss games. It's unbelievable. He's a machine, and he's uh, he's the NBA's only hope. To beat the Warriors. Speaking of the NBA, uh, NBA draft uh, order set, I think, um, or mostly set, I guess, depending on how the rest of the playoffs play out. But I wanted to get your take on Jawan Evans goes to the NBA Combine last week. Uh, he is measured at 5'11 half, I believe. Um, but he has a six, five wingspan, which was crazy. <laughs> it's like the longest wingspan ever for somebody under six foot at the NBA combine. Um, just your, just your thoughts on like where you would like to see him end up or, or what you think his, uh, chances are in, uh, in, in getting significant time for a team in the next couple of years. Yeah, that was shocking. Wasn't it? Like I didn't, I never would have guessed that he had that kind of wingspan like 
that's crazy, which you didn't really show up that much on the defensive end. You would, you think you'd have more yeah. steals with that, but, uh, that's only going to help them. I mean, being six, one, you have to have something else to fall back on measurable wise. And that, that works. I mean, that's, that's something you can sell to NBA teams. Uh, I think Kyle, he'll go to a good team. I mean, I, I could see him going late first round, maybe somebody like the Spurs, maybe mm. even, maybe even the Cavs. I mean, they have to take somebody. So I, I, I think that's, uh, he might be better off going to like a really good team and trying to play backup point guard there as opposed to a really bad team where he starts right away. I don't know. It's, uh, it's hard to say where he'll go, but I, I, I could see him going to like the Spurs or the Cavs somewhere, somewhere good. He's, he's kind of, uh, Kyle Boone mentioned this, just how cool would it be if he went to the Spurs and was the kind of the heir apparent to, to Tony Parker potentially. He's kind of got some Tony Parker like qualities, doesn't he? Yeah, that's um that's a good comparison. Very very good ball handler obviously. Pretty good shooter. Uh better shooter than I really gave him credit for. He he really shot the ball well his last year. Uh is Tony Parker 6361? Are they the same height? Tony Parker is pulling it up now. He's 62, so that's that's a pretty good comparison. That's yeah. uh him. I just when I think of Tony Parker, I think of somebody who's really intelligent with using pick and rolls and getting to good spots on the floor. And I posted this video. You, you probably haven't seen it cause I just posted it, but it was uh, draft express uh, made this video just kind of talking about what Joan is, is good at, like what his best qualities are. And to look back over his highlights over the last two years, he is unbelievable both in the open floor and off pick and rolls. I mean, he, he's just, I mean, I knew he was good like while I was watching it, but to watch all the highlights kind of splice together, he, he's just he's so smart with the ball. Like he just always has a feel for like when to take it to the hole, when to pull up. And again, like you're only watching the good stuff, so you don't get any of the bad mixed in. But I, it was it was impressive, and I think that I think that basketball IQ will, will if he goes to the right team, I think it could go a long way in in him having a decent career in the NBA. Yeah, I, you mentioned the pick and rolls. Like there were so many times when they'd be in close games that Underwood would just have him uh, run the pick and roll and get him switched on to a big, and it was just game set match. Like those bigs just could not keep up with him. Yeah. So many times he would get that switch, and that's pretty much all the NBA is nowadays is pick and rolls. So I I can really see him having a, a good long career. It's just a matter of can he survive defensively in the NBA? It's so hard for for point guards of his size to uh, not just get completely taken advantage of. But there's, as we mentioned, Tony Parker's 6'2". Patty Mills is six foot even. Uh, obviously, Isaiah Thomas is like 5'8". So it's it's certainly possible. Who backs up uh, Kyrie? Is it uh, Darren Williams? Yeah, they acquired uh, Darren Williams. But I think that's just a one-year deal. So he'll probably be gone next year. So if you look at the end of the first round, uh, let's just go from 20 to 30. You got Portland, OKC, Brooklyn, Toronto, Utah, Orlando, Portland again, Brooklyn again, LA, San Antonio, Utah. Portland doesn't seem like the right place for him, even though they have a couple picks in there. I mean, it could. you think OKC would pick him at 21? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think they've talked to him at all yeah. from what I've heard. Um, but he, his reach is really something they look for, but he just doesn't quite have the, like all San Presti drafts is ridiculous athleticism and size. 
that's like the two prerequisites he has is length, athleticism, and just just being huge, basically. <laughs> so I don't I don't think he'll go to the Thunder. Better NBA career, Cam Cameron Payne or Juwan Evans? Oh, well, it, it better be better than campaigns. He's in the D League after they <laughs> after they traded him to well, uh, Chicago. I, I know, but <clears throat> that's the question, right? Like, is like how good is Jawan Evans going to be in the NBA? Is he going to be playing? I mean, going into the whatever draft it was, 2012 or whatever, I, I would have thought James Anderson would have at least a, I don't know, eight year career in the NBA. Not that he was going to be a superstar, but. He's a good player, Big 12 player of the year, just a really good college player, and he's playing in Turkey now. You know, there's a, there's a lot of really good players that don't obviously pan out and don't get put in the right spot to succeed. I thought Joey Graham was going to be a 10-time All-Star. <laughs> I know, I know. Like, he, he had the per- – I think Joey was a little ahead of his time. Uh, back then, he was kind of seen as a tweener. You know, yeah. he wasn't a – wasn't really a power forward, but wasn't quite quick enough to be a small forward. Like he would be a great stretch four nowadays. Yeah. Like he can shoot. Obviously, he's athletic, so he was slightly ahead of his time. But um, Tony Allen's still playing ball. Yeah, he's still in the, the big leagues. Yeah. Um, okay, you want to you want to switch gears to football? Let's do it. Actually, before we do that, we need we need to toast somebody. Uh, I got it. I got a couple questions I want to go over with you. We got some mailbag questions. We got a poll question, but uh, let's get to uh, this week's uh, toast. It's time for the Coop Ale Works Toast of the Week. Coop Ale Works bring great tasting craft beer in Oklahoma City. Try the flagship F5 IPA, the Bold DNR Belgian Strong Ale, or the refreshing Horny Toad Blonde. For your next watch party tailgate or get together with friends, enjoy a cold Coop Ale Works, and please remember to drink responsibly. Uh, my toast this week is basketball related, and I'm going to toast uh, Leighton Hammonds. Uh, Leighton oh. Hammonds graduates on Saturday, gets engaged after, I believe, after graduation. Big day for Leighton Hammonds. And I don't know. I just, he, you know, he didn't have like the greatest career in Oklahoma State basketball history, but he showed up all four years. He got better. Um, he had a he had a good career. Um, I think for what his potential was and he graduated he's get he's getting married you know the whole thing so good good for Leighton Hammonds on uh on on doing all that and uh, I will toast a uh what Leighton Hammond seems like maybe uh he's pretty chill maybe a uh, native amber I'll go native amber for for Leighton Hammonds oh great toast yeah yeah great toast I am going to toast I've debated back and forth on this one, but how about uh, the guy we just talked about, Jawan Evans? Um, I'll give him a DNR, yeah, instead of a PNR, a pick and roll. I'll do a DNR. <laughs> uh, I mean, great career, right? I mean, I I think last season, probably one of the better point guards in OSU history. Just that the season he put together. What, how I mean, would, we, how would you rank? Uh, let me give you let me give you the top guys, and I want to see how you you'll rank their careers. Um, just in terms of how good they were. So we'll go Gottlieb, Mo Baker, John Lucas, Marcus Smart, and Jawan Evans. How are we doing it? Is it just you have one game, judging their entire career, because some guys played longer than others? Um, just who was the best? 
player. Is that how we're doing it? Yeah. Who's the, let's not go career because it, it's unfair to guys that like smart and Evans who left early. So let's just say who was the best while they were there. Gosh. Well, that's so hard. Individually, I would say Juwan Evans was as talented as of an individual as I've ever seen. I know. As far as just isn't that crazy? Like he could, but he could be the best in in Oklahoma State history as in terms of being a point guard. He he could be very well talent wise. But I I I just I go back to John Lucas, man. He was co Big Twelve Player of the Year with Tony Allen. He was so good on those teams. Now he was on a lot better team. So am I? Am I giving him too much credit because he played on a better team as opposed to just his individual play? I don't know. I just I remember he was so good. He had that run, that floater he would always make every single time. Obviously, he hit one of the biggest shots in OSU history. I just man, that's hard. I mean, Mo Baker was a triple double machine. I mean, he was he was unbelievable. Um, if I had to pick one guy to play on my team for one game. Uh, it's it's so difficult. <laughs> I mean, there's no wrong answer here amongst no, no. smart Jawan. You, you want me to give mine? Sure. Okay, I'll go Jawan number one. I just I I, I know I and it. Marcus fe- Smart was a top five pick in the NBA. I know, I know. It feels hot takey. It feels <laughs> it feels um, like I'm just prisoner of the moment. But I, I just think that he was. Um, I don't. I I just don't think that he had great guys around him like Gottlieb did, like um, yeah. like John Lucas did. I mean, he had good guys, but they they just. I just feel like he, he was awesome, and I feel like if you put some better guys around, that's that's partially why I think he'll be successful in the NBA. He's just he's so smart and he's so aware uh, with the ball, and he's just I don't know. I I just. I couldn't be more impressed with him. So I'll go him number one. I'll go uh, Marcus Smart number two. Then this is hard because like you're you're putting like one of these guys you're gonna have to put fifth. Are you kidding me? Like I mean it's it's difficult. I'll yeah, go, that's yeah. I'll go. Um, I I'll go Lucas number three. Even though I kind of want to put Mo Baker there. Um, I'll go Baker four and Gottlieb five. And that's not a shot at Gottlieb. He was obviously, and, and that's the thing. It's hard because the, the point guard position, I think it's changed a lot since he played. Um, guys score a lot more now, I think, or, or are expected to score a lot more. And so he was unbelievable for, for that team and, and where they were. But uh, out of those five guys, I think he, I think he might be the fifth best. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I, I'd, I'd probably go with your list. I don't, I don't have any arguments there. Uh, Jawan definitely had the, the highest degree of difficulty. Yeah. I mean, it, it was well, all Baker, on him. Baker's team wasn't that good either. No, you're right. That was, uh, was that after the plane crash? I think it was, yeah, 0102, I believe, are the teams that he was on. Mm-hmm. He was so good. He was unbelievable. And he got hurt, I think, too, his last year. Yeah. But, yeah, it's uh, pretty crazy to think about grand scheme of things yeah it is um okay let's talk a little bit of football uh poll question this week more loaded offense 2011 or 2017 what are what are your thoughts on that (laughs) oh man i've thought a lot about it since i i saw your poll um 
if we're talking just receiving core 2017, but as far as complete offense, I have to say 2011 because the biggest difference for me it, until I see it is offensive line. I mean, their OSU's offensive line in 2011 had pros all over it. I mean, you have yeah. Lane Taylor's in the league. Uh, Levy Adcock never really played in the NFL, but he was as good of a college offensive lineman as you'll ever see. Like he was an unbelievable tackle. Uh, Grant Garner was the, the lineman of the year in, uh, in the big 12 at, at the center position. So they just said, they had guys everywhere as on the offensive line and Whedon had all day to throw. So I, I think that, and that's not like something that's fun to talk about in polls and whatever, but I think that's the biggest difference. So I, I still have to go 2011. Yeah, I, I do too. Uh, 2017 won the the poll, 54 to 46 percent. Um, I'm not what? Su- millennials. <laughs> yeah, then millennials. And millennials the don't know about 2011. <laughs> Kids on their iPhones making football worse. There's more parity because you're on your iPhone. Um, I'm with you on the offensive line, and, and I just think that, I mean, Joseph Randall was unbelievable. Like, I love Justice Hill, but Joseph Randall was unbelievable. And he was better than, than Justice Hill. Um, he was more versatile. He did more stuff. Uh, I don't know if he was a better pure runner, but he could – I think he could block better. He, he was a better pass catcher. Uh, I trust Whedon more than I trust uh, Mason Rudolph. That doesn't necessarily mean Whedon's better, but I just – I trusted him, which is kind of funny because he threw a lot more interceptions than Rudolph does. Right. Um, and then my last point on that is just, um, I mean, Justin Blackman was a top 10. What, what pick was he? Four, six? Six. Yeah, six, I top, he was a top 10 pick. He was he was better than any one receiver that, that Oklahoma State has on their roster right now. That doesn't mean the receivers as a whole are better, but you can only throw the ball to one guy at a time. And I, it, there was just so much trust there. Uh, for me, like with him and Whedon, that, um, I, I, yeah, I mean, it just, it depends on how you interpret the, the term loaded because I, this, this 2017 team is, is deeper. Certainly. Like when you look at the 20th best guy on offense, I think they're, they're definitely deeper, but I just feel like at the very top, that 2011 team was probably better. Yeah, I, I would totally agree. And just, we knew like their offense was unbelievable. And then we saw the Fiesta bowl, like yeah. that Stanford team they beat was so good. Yeah. <laughs> they had pros everywhere. It was like an NFL team. I mean, Harbaugh had that thing rolling. Uh, I guess it was David Shaw, but it was his players basically. But, yeah. uh, and just how many times did Blackman come up huge on a third down on, on in that game? It was just, it was unbelievable. Um, Even with that inner thigh infection. What? He had, he had the, do you not remember that? No. He had the inner had the, thigh infection. Yes. Oh my gosh. You're, 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 you're hanging me out to dry right now. I'm Googling. No, I mean, this. I mean, refresh my memory. Hold on. I'm Googling it. That sounds like something tiger would have. Yeah. His glutes inner, weren't inner thigh, <laughs> inner thigh infection. Justin. Uh, okay. This is, uh, this I mean, is I, si.com. I mean, enlighten me here. Si.com. Uh, Justin 
Receiver Justin Blackman, who fought through an inner thigh infection that limited his practice time and launched at least 1,000 versions of the same joke on Twitter, caught eight passes for 186 yards and three touchdowns. What Andy jokes St- on Twitter were that? Andy Staples. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> wow. I, I can't believe you don't remember, remember that. that. I don't remember that at all. <laughs> it's funny. that I mentioned that was like Tiger. Tiger was there. He did the coin toss. He walked yeah, right by and me, and I was it, literally frozen in place. <laughs> Like I, I don't get starstruck a lot, but there were two times that I've been just completely, totally starstruck. That was one of them when Tiger walked by. Like there, he's a different level of like yeah, famous. Yeah, it's plus he's so like unique looking that it's just it's just a different experience entirely. Him and you know I cover the NBA, so I get to see all these guys all the time. You kind of become numb to it. Like seeing Kevin Durant is just normal, but when Kobe Bryant came yeah. and I I was. Inter- literally asking him a question that was that was different that was uh the only two times i've really been just in complete uh but those, those guys are like starstruck those guys are like globally famous though like, right yeah like everybody in china knows who tiger and kobe are you know mm-hmm. like it's it's different than like ricky fowler or you know although fowler's pretty globally famous too but yeah those guys are, are com- what's ricky's problem What's his problem? Huh. What do you mean? He's not playing that well, is he? Well, he's just not. He's not. He's not that great. I mean, he's. Hey, he's, hey, 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 hey! You know who else isn't great? Rory McIlroy. When are you going to stop picking him? When are you, When are you going to get off that? I, I listened to your pod with uh, Brendan uh, Porath. Is that how you say yeah. his last name? Yeah, yeah. And I was rolling my eyes when you started talking about how great Rory is. Now he's going to win the tournament again. I was like, Kyle still hasn't learned his lesson. Rory is just a guy. Oh, wow. wow Rory's Ricky. Whoa. Whoa. He's, easy. Ricky, he's Ricky with a swoosh. Easy. Easy. Ricky with a swoosh. What What has Rory done in the last year, two years? Well, Nada. He won the Tour Championship last year, $10 million. The tour championship. What is that? The FedEx Cup. The year they give you a gold. They give you a gold jacket for that. No, they give you. They give you eleven point three million dollars. Ah, uh, see, that's what Ricky. Or that's what. Uh, see, I can't keep them straight. Ricky and Rory. <laughs> that's what Rory cares about. But you need. You need to quit picking him in tournaments. Rory. Rory has his. Listen. No, hold on. Hold on. Rory has as many majors as Ricky has wins. <laughs> okay. Rory's won uh, 13. That's a, you know it's a thing of the past, right? Like, Rory's, won Rory, Rory's just not that good anymore. He's won 13 of 123 events that he's played. So basically 10%. A little over 10%. <laughs> Ricky's won four of 175 events that he's played. No, I mean, obviously his resume is better than Ricky, but they're about the same player now. I mean, oh there's, not, there's not much difference. Wow. <laughs> wow. I love rattling your cage on I me, mean, but you, you are, you, you admit you're a little higher on Rory than you should be. But yet, yes, I am. But also like he, he's one of, there's, there's only been like four players ever to have four majors by the time they're 28. No, three. Yeah. I, th- I think it's Tiger, Nicholas and Rory. I mean, I don't yeah, know. He's got a great resume, but he's not any good anymore. <laughs> <laughs> He's not any good. I mean, Tiger's got a great resume too. You want to start listing Tiger's accomplishments while you're at it? But Tiger's, but Tiger. So that's your point, is it because Tiger's not good that Rory's not either? Well, his, his body's already breaking down. Doesn't Rory have an inner rib infection or something? An inner rib. 
I mean, Rory's breaking say, down. He's been lifting too many weights. He's following Tiger's path. Wow. I will say, if if I would have known he was injured, I wouldn't have picked him. But I didn't know. Where did he finish? Honestly, I'm not. I'm not trolling. Uh, T35. Solid pick there, Kyle. <laughs> I love. I, almost, I, I only believe about half what I'm saying, but I do think you need to stop picking Rory. Yeah, he's not that. It's true, but the problem is, so I just rotate between like Rory, DJ, and Spieth because it's impossible to pick golf tournaments. So you might as well just pick. I'm not. I'm not using the odds. Like I'm just picking. I'm just trying to pick a single winner, and so I just pick one of those guys every week because well, odds yeah. are they're going to win. You know. Yeah. So. Well, we did, we did pretty well in the Masters. We we nailed Sergio and Rose. So. Mm, that was tasty. You can at least pick Rory for the players i guess but don't please don't pick rory for the british or the the u.s open no i'm not that, i'm not and then the next one yeah D- dj and dustin yeah that's yeah. A, that's you know that's a pick yeah he's gonna win back to back. you want to make a, a a podcast wager that ricky finishes above rory next in the u.s open uh no rory doesn't play u.s open as well oh you're already you're already i already talked you off the ledge no it's <laughs> Already talked you down off the roars with his inner rib infection. He actually doesn't play either open that well, which is kind of funny that he already uh, has won both of them. He won the U.S. Open. I don't even see Rory is so un, is so forgettable. You don't even remember his majors. Oh my gosh. He won the U.S. Open by by like seven. Was that right after he choked off the Masters? Yeah, 2011. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, we need to get back to, to Oklahoma State. Okay. Uh, what were we even talking about? Uh, football, 2011. Joseph Randall's really good at football, or he was. Joseph Randall <laughs> is really good at football. Um, we need to talk. We actually need to talk about uniforms, don't we? Let's do it. Okay, let's get to this week's uniform preview brought to you by Chris's University Spirit, your one-stop cowboy shop on Campus Corner. And be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. Uh, Carson, I think you wanted to possibly clear something up that there was a little confusion over on, it was it on Twitter. Yeah. Um, Cowboys ride for free. Another OSU blog. Uh, one of their writers couldn't remember or was bringing up the basketball uniforms. He was wondering, uh, kind of aloud if basketball was still getting new uniforms since they uh, have a new coach. And, uh, I did clarify that at, uh, whenever Mike Boyden was introduced at his press conference that I confirmed that they are getting new uniforms, but I think a lot of people are kind of overreacting a little to, you know, the, the basketball team was wearing uh jump man warmups, uh, Jordan brand warmups for the selection show, the watch party. And I think people are just jumping the gun a little bit, assuming they're going to be that they might be Jordan brand uniforms in the, in the offing. But I, I think that's just, you know, postseason they got some Jordan brand stuff. I think the football team did as well. The football team had Jordan brand like hoodies and, and sweats for their bowl game. So I think that's just kind of like a reward uh, that, you know, cause jump man and Nike, same, basically under the same umbrella. So I don't think they're getting Jordan uniforms, but uh, I do think they're getting new Nike ones. Chad Weiberg's going to put a stop to that. Just you're so the, afraid, you're so afraid he's gonna make him Under Armour. Aren't turn you? the ship towards Baltimore. Oh no! Towards Under Armour headquarters. It's um, gonna be Boone Pickens Stadium on Under Armour Field. <laughs> no, we think, must protect this house. I think, I think you're right. I think it is uh, one of those just like postseason things because I think I think. Uh, 
the football team got Jordan stuff like a couple years ago, even um, right like in, That's in right. the postseason. Which I, I don't, I don't know how any of that works, but I, I don't think that was necessarily a, a harbinger for uh, the near future. Um, yeah, I'm excited about about uh, uniforms. So we need to we need to try to have Mike Boynton on the podcast because I'd like to ask him just if he has any input on what that'll look like because did you get the sense that when you were talking to Underwood initially that he was kind of working on it with Nike or they were just kind of doing it on their own and going to present OSU with something how how did you how did you feel like that was working it sounded like OSU was just was just doing it and Brad didn't have much say nor did he act like he wanted much say on it he kind of he indicated like uh the, the comment I believe he made was uh, you know, they, they built that really nice locker room or whatever. He goes, they get, they get tired of that after like 10 minutes, but you give them new gear. They're just obsessed. He goes, that's all recruits care about is the gear, the, the shoes, the, the uniforms, the whole deal. So it kind of, he kind of took a hands-off approach. It sounded like, um, yeah, I think OSU see, was kind of taking the reins on that. I could see Mike Boynton getting involved a little bit. think so. Yeah, he seems more like I mean he's almost a millennial. What is he, thirty five? Yeah, he's our age. Yeah. Um, I could see him being more I who knows, but that'd be a fun thing to uh, to talk to him about. Did you read the Q and A in the Oklahoman about him recently? I did not see that. He I think it was today, so you were probably you're probably still having uh what is it, the chain smokers? You're probably still just I'm still rocking out. out. Yeah, yeah, grinding out a few of their songs, but uh, I think it was with uh, John Helsley, believe, and uh, he just asked him how everything was going, and and uh, Boynton said that you know he basically said recruiting is priority one. He's like the players we already have, that's priority one A, but recruiting is priority number one. And if you can recruit, you have a chance. So he clearly mm-hmm. understands the game uh, and understands like you got to get dudes and. I don't know if he'll be able to do that. He kept Zach Dawson. You know, he's targeting all these, you know, Kyle Boone's got somebody every other day that is a five-star, four-star that Oklahoma State's trying to get. I don't know if he'll be able to do it, but he's – it won't be for lack of effort. Yeah. I mean, that – sign me up for that. Like, yeah. isn't, aren't they in the top five or six for, like, some five-star dude named Smart, no relation to uh, Marcus? Yeah, Javante yeah. Smart, I believe. Is I mean, he's going after some big dogs, isn't he? Yeah, I love it. I mean, Javante Smart is number 11 player in the nation, number one in the state of Louisiana, and he has uh, six teams, including Oklahoma State, in his in his finals. Woo. Yeah, I mean, he's up there with, well, 24-7 has it uh, 60% Kentucky. So <laughs> It's going to be tough. I mean, it's hard to beat out Kentucky yeah. <laughs> for for anybody. Yeah. Did you did you watch the thirty for thirty on Calipari? I heard it was awesome. I read um, I read a, an article about how Calipari's basically become this media mogul. Uh, it was in the New York Times. It was really really good. Um, yeah, but he's, I heard friends, that, he's friends with Drake. You know. Yeah, just, I heard the thirty for thirty was was tremendous. I mean, I needed a shower after watching it, but it was interesting. <laughs> I mean. Kyle Parry doesn't need more recruiting help, but he got it there. Yeah. The rich get richer. Um, but uh, he, he, the, the reason I bring it up is uh, Marcus Canby featured prominently in there from UMass. Mm, uh, yeah. 
the same Marcus Camby that was slain by Big Country in the NCAA tournament. <laughs> slain by Big Country. Well, that was that was a little heavy. I mean, he was beaten at basketball by Big Country. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know where you were going with that. Yeah. Uh, uh, Big Country beat an NBA player, I think, every round. He beat. Yeah, it was Antonio Malik, Ro- Malik, Malik Rose, Antonio McDice, Tim Duncan, Marcus Camby. Yeah. Not necessarily and, in that order, but. And then he lost to the O'Bannon Bros. Yep. The O'Bannon Bros who took NCAA football from us. Yeah, thanks. They, they ruined NCAA ba- video games. Thanks a lot. <laughs> These millennials have no idea that those existed, but they did. Uh, Javante Smart names final six Florida State, Kansas, Kentucky, LSU, Oklahoma Florida State. State got Leonard Hamilton doing, yeah, still cruiting down there. Yeah, just out of his mind. UCLA is also in there with Oklahoma State. So let's hope, let's hope Mike Boynton's a better coach than uh, Leonard Hamilton. Yeah, yeah, I hope so. Um, okay, we got some mailback questions, but first let's hear one, one more time from our sponsor, Chris's University Spirit. Chris's University Spirit on Campus Corner in Stillwater, Oklahoma is proud to be your one-stop cowboy shop since 1986 and proud sponsor of this podcast, Pistols Firing. They specialize in custom-printed Oklahoma State apparel and merchandise and pride themselves on their excellent customer service. They also offer a full line of custom Greek apparel and can even outfit your Little League team head-to-toe. They're located at the corner of 3rd and Knobloch on Historic Campus Corner. You can follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. Shop Stilly, shop Chris's University Spirit. Okay, Carson, uh, you want to do some some mailbag? Yeah, we got a few. Yeah, we don't have a lot. I'm kind of kind of disappointed here, but uh, it's Wednesday. People are grinding through the week. Yeah, I didn't give the people much time either. I sent it out like 20 minutes ago. Um, Oklahoma State golf won their regional, by the way. They did. Yeah, beat Texas. About time. They need to. They need to win a national championship, don't they? Yeah, they do. They've Long made drought. The, they made the NCAA finals seventy out of seventy-one years now, but they haven't won it since I think oh six, oh seven, something like that. Yeah. Um, Mike Holder uh, fired Mike McGraw. Like that. That doesn't seem like it was a wise decision. I talked to somebody uh, who knows things at the golf tournament at, at the players, and they just said like, "What what what, what is he doing?" Like Mike McGraw's an amazing golf coach, and now he's got Baylor just rolling uh, in, in the <laughs> yeah. golf department. They're winning the Stanford Regional as we speak. They were up to like number two or number one in the country, and I mean, I get that you missed the the NCAA finals once, but geez, like. I don't know. Like this, this was a person no, who has and no investment in Oklahoma in OSU as a school, and he just said, like, I mean, Mike McGraw is an awesome coach. Uh, I don't know what Mike Holder is doing. Well, and I could be wrong on this, but I believe that uh, Mike Holder was the one who wanted them to switch to match play. He thought it'd be great for television and all that. Yep. And match play is what cost Mike McGraw a national championship. They they dominated the stroke play, and then Patrick Reed burned down Karsten Creek. <laughs> Uh, and match play cost them, I think, two national titles. Because I think they lost. I think they lost to Mike McGraw, who was an assistant at Bama, yep. a few years later. Justin Thomas but, was on that team. Was he? Yeah. That's another one of your picks. You need to reevaluate. Four wins, as many as Fowler. Yeah, I, I may have. I may or may not have had Rory and Justin on my 
on my pool team. That's probably why I'm so bitter. Uh, up. Uh, Peter Yuan, by the way, just unsubscribed to this podcast after you brought up Patrick Reed burning down Karsten Crete. Yeah, it, it not, happens. Not good. Not good memories. Well, um, they, you win as a team, you lose as a team. Yeah. It's not Elon's fault. That OSU team was unbelievable, too. They should yeah. have broke. They had Kevin Tway on it? Yeah, they had Tway, Yuan, um, Morgan Hoffman. Jeez, they had like three or four tour pros now. Taylor Gooch, who's on one of those tours yeah. as well. They were really good. Uh, okay, this is a great one. We'll start it off with this. You're under the neon palms at Murphy's. You need a wingman. Which qu- current or former OSU athlete are you choosing? Oh, that's easy. Got to be Mason Rudolph. Mm, I disagree. Why is that? I would go Zach. Robinson? Yeah. No, well, not signing. Oh, current or former. That that opens the the gates to Zach. I didn't think about that. I thought we were just going current. Uh, Zach's a good choice. Although, I I feel like Mason parties a little harder than, than Zach. Yeah, that's I know, and that's, and that's that's sort of why I would go Zach because he's he's more unassuming, he's more under the radar. I just feel like it's it's more my my flow, my style. Me me and Mason will go to chain smokers while you and Zach <laughs> hang out on the couch. Games. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, we kind of already talked about this, but uh, Billy Locke says, "What are the comparisons to the 2011 and 2017 offensive and defensive lines?" Um, you touched on offensive. I think their defensive line is just worlds better now. I mean, they were all right back then, but I mean, they just survived by getting a ton of turnovers on defense. And now I think they can actually pressure teams, um, get stops somewhat in the big 12, whatever that means in the big 12. Um, and they're just, they're just deep. Like they're just, you know, two or three deep on the defensive line, whereas they were, Barely one deep, as I remember back then on on defense. Jamie Blatnick would like a word. Yeah, I mean he was awesome. He was all he was awesome. (laughs) But they weren't. I mean, they just had somebody. They just had two straight guys get uh, get drafted off the defensive line. Emmanuel Ogba first round. um, And again, they're talking about 2017. But they've been pumping out pros uh, on on the defensive line in the last few years. Yeah, it's 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 got to be. The defensive line is just—it just looks different, doesn't it? Just the, the yeah. amount of depth they have now—it's—it's it's night and day. So yeah, I'd probably go 2017. Although they had some some really good players in that 2011 team. I'm trying yeah. to look up the the roster now. I can't remember who all was on that defensive line. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'd go, was, go 2017. Castleman was, was a freshman. Okay, they had uh, Barnett, Calvin Barnett. Was he on that team? Maybe. He might have been later. I don't I know. I think he was he was later. Cooper Bassett? Yeah. Remember maybe. him? Yeah. Played on that team. I don't know. I'll go 2017 there. Yeah. Um, okay. We'll go with this as the last one. Uh, which happens first? Gandy cutting the mullet or Brad Underwood being on a basketball intro video? <laughs> Did I, I I don't I don't understand that reference. Was he not on an intro video? No, no, no. A, a future basketball intro video. Oh, <laughs> I get it now. Uh, gosh, the Brad Underwood era will will not be covered on the uh, intro video. So I'll, I'll go with uh, I'll go with that. Yeah, yeah, me too. Uh, did you see Jawan said he thinks he's going to be awesome at Illinois? 
Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah. I mean, I Kyle, I think he might go to a Final Four. To be honest, I, I think he's a really good coach. It was it was just depressing to read. He, he, <laughs> Juwan was just talking about like how much better he made him and made the team and just the culture that he created and it was it was a bummer. yeah. I mean, he's he's a really good coach and uh, Mike Holder really botched that. So mm-hmm. it's gonna be. Uh, but when Mike Boynton's you know going to Final Fours, no one will remember him. <laughs> Right. When Mike Boynton's got Team USA playing in Galgrab Arena, that'll that'll be nice. Yes, that will be nice. Uh, okay, did we miss anything? Got anything else we want to talk about? Uh, I think we're good, man. I'm gonna go listen to some Chain Smokers. Yeah, look them up. I, I bet your wife would like them. Actually, yeah. okay, I'm in. They're all Let's over. Uh, they're all over the place nowadays. I mean, they were hanging out with Russell Westbrook last week. So Russell Westbrook, congrats on the baby. Yeah, Noah Russell Westbrook. I already want to draft the rights to him because his see, wife his wife played at UCLA. So they did you see uh, Justin Southwell's tweet about that? No, I'm surprised he didn't have triplets. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's a great tweet. Yeah, it was a great tweet. That's a Justin great tweet. So- Justin Southwell doesn't get enough credit. He's he's no, he's excellent. clever. He's clever. Yeah, he's good. Might have to have him on to talk uniforms when the season gets closer. Absolutely. Um, okay, we will uh, talk to you. I don't know if we'll do it later this week or next week, but we'll uh, we'll get a guest. We'll figure something out, and we'll talk again soon. Sounds good, dude. Okay, see you.